Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and as always, I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. You can get a hold of us, peacefulease.com is the website, but you can also email us any questions, ideas, any feedback that you want to provide. We love to hear from you. Podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address. Ela, I'm so excited for this topic today. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah, you know you're going to be under the spotlight this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we might as well. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. Let's just go for it. (laughs) Okay, so today we are going to talk about... This is from a book. First of all, I would like to mention and credit the author. This is from a book called Wishcraft. It's by Barbara Sher And I've been reading this book for a week now, and it is amazing. The subtitle of the book is How to Get What You Really Want, really is highlighted. And I really recommend this. I know everyone keeps recommending books, but this this is really fun. There are so many exercises and so many deep questions in there that you can really get to understand yourself and why you're doing what you're doing. And one question that really stood out for me, here it is. If you had five lives, what would you do with each one? Mario, here we go. (laughs) I'm not sure I quite understand the question, but let's figure this out. So five lives. Now, I have to be Mario in every life, right? Right, yeah. Okay. So now every life, does it start from birth all the way through? Yeah, you are given the opportunity to live five times. Okay, so I know I'm going to live five times, so I can go out and get in an accident or take risks and die and come right back, be born over again, right? I assume so. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm looking at like a cat. They say cats have nine lives. So it's like, yeah, I mean that I won't, let's say I'm skydiving and the chute doesn't go off. Do I yeah. not die? And I just like life number two just starts right now. Or do I have to be born all over again and start over? Okay, so I see what you're saying. This exercise is more like to decide what kind of experiences you would like to have with regards to career or family or where you live. Okay. Rather than wasting each life with bungee jumping and stuff. (laughs) I don't mean I want to waste each life, but there's some people that can hear this and go, you know, I'm too scared to go skydiving, for instance. I hear other people say it's really a rush and a lot of fun and an experience. But if I knew that even if something goes wrong, I could still come back again, I would go do that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's me, but I could see people thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, my suggestion is that if you're afraid of skydiving, just 
face it in this lifetime anyway. Yeah. And I say that because I've done it, you know. <laughs> and I say, yeah, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> there are certain things like I'm well willing to stretch and go outside the comfort zone, but skydiving is just one thing that I'm, it's not, no. Mm-mm, not gonna <laughs> okay you just, can keep it for the next lifetime <laughs> okay, yeah. i don't even like roller coasters so skydiving is definitely out but um but honestly i don't like roller coasters either because i don't like i get like physically sick if i go into different directions i get like sick on the bus mm. you know but with skydiving it wasn't a big deal at least because you just go straight down you know <laughs> well, that's the thing i don't get physically sick but I don't like being scared and I get terrified dropping straight down. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. And honestly, when I did it the first time, I was flying around a lot, traveling a lot. So my brain didn't really register that this time I was going to jump off the plane. (laughs) So I was so relaxed, so calm that my instructor thought I was just weird. (laughs) And he said, aren't you nervous? I'm like, no. And he said, huh, do you want to try something different then? I'm like, like what? We could do a somersault. I was like, okay. <laughs> I really couldn't feel any anxiety. I think my system just shut down. Maybe I'm not sure what happened. So I just like, we got ready. We were hanging by the door. I mean, I was hanging outside. Like he was sitting and we were attached. It was tandem. And I was like hanging off you know, seeing the wing, the engine of the plane and looking down thinking, oh, <laughs> and then he said one, two and jumped. Of course, I don't wait for three. And he tried to do a somersault. But I got so freaked out because I saw the plane going upwards, like away from me. And my brain was thinking, hang on, what's happening? How does the plane go up? Like I really couldn't register that I was going down. <laughs> And then I panicked and I think I just like did something silly. So we couldn't complete the somersault. So we had to come back from the majority of the somersault. So that was even more confusing. (laughs) But we landed fine. And it was so much fun that I did it again from a higher level. So do face it. At least next (laughs) lifetime. (laughs) Now, when you jumped out of the plane, I've heard some people say, because I've talked to a lot of people who've gone skydiving. I hear some people say that, it doesn't feel like you're falling. It feels like you're floating. And then other people say you were falling fast until the chute came out. What experience did you have there? I definitely felt I was falling and it felt so much fun. Mm. I really liked that feeling of absolute lack of control somehow. <laughs> There's nothing I can do, you know, just have faith that this is going to work out. I'm glad I can live vicariously through you for that activity. <laughs> <laughs> so if I had five lives, now let me ask you this question before I go into my answer. If I do something in this life, then when I come back for life number two, do I have that bank of experience and knowledge with me or am I starting over completely from scratch? You're asking me questions that are not in this actually exercise. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to plan ahead because it's like if I can come back with knowledge and experience and I'd probably take the first two or three lives to not worry about anything other than where do I really want to end up and what experience do I really want to have? So it's like, you know, when I first started working, right, in this life, because <laughs> this is the life I'm experiencing now. <laughs> when I first started working, I wasn't worried at all about money. I knew that if I learn the skill set, the money will come. So I roughed it for quite a while, so to speak. I lived well below my means, but it was all about getting the experience, gaining the knowledge, putting myself in the best situation to get to where I wanted to be in the future. And that's how I set that up. So 
if I could go life to life gaining that experience, I would be like, okay, so this is where I really ultimately want to be. So how much experience can I get in these first two lives? Not worrying about anything else, just learning, immersing myself, and then capitalizing on it later. Because now I have this wisdom, knowledge, and experience at my disposal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like not about accumulating wealth from my understanding of this exercise is more like what would you like to discover or express like what would you like to do you're giving five lifetimes would you like to be the president of the u.s would you like to be a professional athlete like what would you like to find out about yourself what kind of capacity would you like to test I'd obviously want to be a professional athlete because that's something I wish I could do in this lifetime, but I just don't have the natural raw ability to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. that would be something very fun to me. I always wonder what it would be like. I mean, to be the president, I think that would be interesting since you brought that up, but I'd like to know what it's like to be the Pope. I think that would be interesting because mm -hmm. that's a position that you don't necessarily want, but you're given like when you're president you go and you campaign for that and you want it and you go out and try to convince people to vote for you so you get that but when you're the pope everyone picks you and you don't want to be picked but because you're a servant you do it anyway so that mm -hmm. experience would be very interesting to me to be and i i also believe that the pope has so much responsibility that people don't recognize so that would be very interesting to me for another lifetime what else would i want to do These are all very good questions. I'd like to be famous at least once, just to see what it's like. Not because for vanity reasons, but because I see famous people who they want to be famous, then they become famous, and then they don't want to be famous because mm -hmm. they don't have that quote-unquote real-life experience. Like They can't go to a restaurant and not be bothered and things of that nature, which I never thought would be a bother, but I'd have to experience it to really understand it. So that would mm -hmm. be interesting. Am I answering your questions now? Yes, absolutely, yes. I don't know. Give me some feedback and some things that you thought about. Okay. I mean, we can actually work with this. So, I mean, this exercise, if you're wondering why we are talking about this, it's very interesting how Barbara Sher dealt with this question because she asked this question to, I don't know, dozens of people. And the, some examples are shared here in this book. For example, I read one example from someone called Julia who wants to be a writer a professional musician, a linguist, and a world traveler, a marine biologist, and a wife, mother, and farmer in the fifth lifetime. And you think, okay, like your examples or my examples, these are very different things. Like I look at my examples, I would like to spend one lifetime as a writer, one lifetime as an actor, one lifetime as a shaman, <laughs> One lifetime as an artist and one lifetime as a seaman. I don't know, like maybe sailor or something. Mm. And I, I was thinking, okay, what do I do with all this? And mm. the way she kind of blended all these things is beautiful. First of all, she really goes deep with each lifetime. Like you said, you want to be famous. And a lot of people include this and a lot of people ashamed of it because we are all kind of told this dream, American dream, you know, where you're rich, famous and wealthy and powerful and all that. But we also have this guilt about wanting it 
almost. Like nobody can say, I hope to have a guest soon, Jim Jarrett, a wonderful actor and a wonderful acting teacher who posted so many videos about this topic, actors who cannot say that they want to be actors because they're ashamed of wanting to be famous or wanting to be recognized or wanting to be appreciated or wanting to be loved. And the way Barbara deals with this is like, she really dissects, why do you want that? Is it love you're after? Is it power? Is it money? Is it respect? And then how can you have that, for example, without being the Pope, actually, or without being the president or whichever way you think you want to be famous? Because there may be something there already that you can have in this lifetime. Maybe you don't need to go that far. And I completely agree with your observation about so many people wanting to become famous and then they become famous and they want to desperately be unfamous again. And if you watch documentaries, there is a wonderful documentary and sad too about Whitney Houston and another wonderful and sad documentary about Amy Winehouse or Michael Jackson. You know, if you watch these, you all see, especially I remember Amy Winehouse's documentary very well because I saw it recently and the last sentence that closed that documentary was like she apparently said that she would give up all the fame and wealth she accumulated just in order to walk down the street alone and yet we do that every day and never appreciate it so what happens to these wonderful gifted people what do we do to them also with paparazzis and all this like pressure to be perfect and be available and like with gossip magazines, what do we do to them to a degree that they take their own life or they become addicted and lost and their gift cannot shine on us anymore? I say that's really interesting because what made me think of that whole topic was there's a show I like to watch on Netflix. It's called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and it's hosted by Jerry Seinfeld. And basically, he just gets a brand new luxury car for every guest he has, and he just wants to go get coffee and talk to comedians. Well, on one of the episodes, this was done a few years prior to when we're recording this, because at the time, Barack Obama was the president of the U.S., and he actually went to the White House and had coffee with President Obama at the time, and they were sitting in the White House having this conversation and he asked the president, he's like, you're the president. You ever get tired because you can't go anywhere without Secret Service or without people knowing who you are? And he's like, me, you're Jerry Seinfeld. Everyone knows who you are. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, well, there was a time when I wasn't famous. And let me tell you, it's much better to be famous. And I looked at that <laughs> and I was like, that's it. And they laughed and it was kind of a joke. But I think that he was kind of serious about that. And it, made, it was interesting to me because, as you said, you hear very few people say that. You always hear, or anyway, whatever I see in the press usually are famous people desperately wanting to walk down the street alone and be normal. But he had that opposite take. And that's what made mm -hmm. me think, I need to experience that for myself to see, I wonder which way I would go. Absolutely, because I also recently read a Tim Ferriss article, a very long, thorough one about his life as a celebrity. And it really made me question if I would ever want to be a celebrity because I really appreciate like traveling and walking down the street without, you know, guards or anything. And reading his post where he explains that he gets a death threat every week 
and like people kind of constantly trying to get money or trying to have him promote their stuff and all that. It sounds tiring, but again, he also said he wouldn't change that. So one has to experience it for themselves, I guess. But going back to the five lives exercise, what Barbara Sher is doing with this exercise and that you could do for yourself is that if you kind of let it free without like all these but, but, buts, you know, but I don't have the money, but I don't have the time. If you just like think freely, what would I like to express if I had five opportunities to be here? And write that down and then see how you can actually integrate them into one. And if you read the book, this will be very easy because she's done it step by step. For instance, if we look at this example, I'm sorry, Mario, I can't do this for you right now with your examples, but she's done it beautifully with this person, Julia, who wants to be a writer, a professional musician, a linguist and a world traveler, a marine biologist and a wife, mother, farmer. So here is Julia's life plan for the next 10 years which includes three lifetimes, which is not bad, three out of five, to write a book of her own, travel for a year or two and learn other languages, which covers the world traveler and the linguist and the writer, and then settle in the country and have a farm and children and a loving husband. Is this manageable? I think one can easily do this. It's not too far of a dream in this kind of century. So all of a sudden you think of the possibility, like the opportunity that you're given in this lifetime. And that was really interesting for me because when I looked at my list of being a writer, actor, kind of shaman, an artist, and a seaman, thinking, okay, how could I combine these? And I realized that my interest with healing, for example, fits really well with writing because I could write books about healing. And Seaman, well, I'm already into rowing so much, you know, every time he talk, I have some muscle pain somewhere, <laughs> rowing like 10 hours a week. And then an artist, again, fits into healing because art can be healing or you can use art as a form of healing and transformation. So all of a sudden, all these different interests, which I thought I wouldn't be able to express in one lifetime, are fitting together. And I wanted to share this exercise with you because if you think your interests are too wide, maybe they're not. Maybe life is wider than your interests so that you can incorporate all the width you have within one lifetime. It's a very interesting exercise. And it made me think a lot, as you could tell, <laughs> with all my questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to really maximize this five life thing. Yeah, I would love to hear from other people who are listening to this. If they want, you know, if you want to email us and let us know what you think your five lives would be, it would be a very interesting discussion to take listener feedback or listener answers and be able to talk about those and see where they kind of fit into place. Podcastapeacefulies.com, by the way, is that email address. I think that would be a fun thing to do. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it really also helped me to zoom out from the smaller details and obstacles that I thought there were there and just see that mm, it is possible. The big picture is like the guide, like the map, 
And it really, this exercise enabled me to have that big picture as a map in my head and then construct the smaller pieces around it. So please share with us what your five lives would be like and see if you can integrate them. And definitely read the book Wishcraft by Barbara Sher because she will guide you step by step on how to do this. Well, as always, great stuff, Ela. Thank you so much for sharing that. This was a lot of fun. This is probably one of the most fun episodes I've had just from a not-so-serious perspective, just being able to have a good time and have a really fun, light discussion. So thank you for that. And I want to remind people to subscribe to the podcast. I would love for you to go back if you enjoyed this conversation and listen to some of the guests Ela has had on in the past and that she's interviewed some really fascinating people about some really fascinating topics. And we have a couple interviews coming up next week that are, you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and you stay tuned for that. But Ela, thank you so much as always. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.